Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Hello, this is your host, Greg Myers, and you are listening to the Leaders in Payments podcast. This is episode 13, featuring my special guest, O.B. Rawls, the CEO of Global Payment Processing at Paysafe. O.B. grew up in a small rural town of under 2,000 people in North Carolina on a tobacco farm. He was in the Army and the Army National Guard for 21 years and had many different jobs after the military. He was a parole officer, a repo guy collecting cars, and worked at B of A for 18 years where he first got into the credit card business. OB was at First Data and iPayment before becoming the CEO of Global Payment Processing at Paysafe. In April of last year, the ETA honored OB with the Distinguished Payments Professional Star Award, recognizing his 30-plus years in the payments industry. OB provides some great overviews of the Paysafe products and services that they provide to their merchants and partners. OB has a passion for collecting wine, and he provides some great advice. Keep an open mind, adopt change, explore, and be bold. OB really is one of the great guys in the payment space. So let's get started. Hi, OB. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. It's nice to talk to you again. I'm looking forward to this session. Me too. Let's start off by telling the audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that. All right. That's always fun to talk about. I grew up in the country, Greg, in rural North Carolina on a tobacco farm. Lived in a town of under 2,000 people. Grew up, went to school really without a a purpose. Uh, I was just taught by my parents that I was going to get a college education. Neither one of my parents had, had been to college or graduated, but they were successful business people in farming and agri industry. So they instilled a discipline in me about education, the value of it, and working hard for a living. So I went to um, East Carolina University. While I was there, my father got sick, and I stayed out of school for a year to uh, help my mom run the farm for a little while. During that time, also, you know, enlisted in the military. Ended up spending 21 years in the Army and the Army National Guard and retired from that. And then I went to work for the state of North Carolina as a parole officer. And so I tell everybody I've been handcuffed to felons on every continent. I handled extradition as one of my duties there. And it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot about people in that role. And from there, I went to work for Bank of America. Started out as a repo guy collecting cars along the way from people that had an unfortunate set of um, circumstances in their lives that enabled them, unfortunately, didn't enable them to pay for their cars. So it was a task trying to get, learning how to get people to pay me when they had money that could only pay so many bills. And from there, I went to the first consumer loan school that the bank had. And I went to commercial loan officer development school after that. Did a lot of, of different jobs in 18 years with the bank and ended up in the, the credit card business, running the acquiring business for Bank of America. Lived in Northrop, Virginia. And along our way, we created a joint venture with First Data to create United Merchant Services. And we were the largest ISO in the country 
back in 1994. Great. I didn't actually know all that about you. That's a fascinating background. I appreciate you sharing that. Let's talk about PaySafe now. Tell the audience what PaySafe does. Well, we're, we're a very interesting company. We're the leading provider of specialized payment services, verticals like petroleum, small businesses, gaming, digital wallets to promote the gaming space. A very diverse private company owned by Blackstone and CVC. And I'm the CEO of our payment processing division, which handles a variety of, of merchant services across the globe. We do regular acquiring in the UK and Europe, where we are, we're a direct member of the card brands over there. We have an ISV and uh, US gaming business based in Montreal. We also serve as a payment service provider, supporting um, a lot of our ISV clients. In Irvine, California, we operate a high-risk or a specialized vertical in nutraceuticals. And in Houston, we run our large merchant services division, which is the traditional business that was created by iPayment and MCPS. We have about 200,000 merchants in the U.S., Greg. Wow. And how many employees, roughly? In the U.S., we have about 800 in the U.S. in this company and 3,000 across the globe working for PaySafe. Okay. And I know you guys do a lot with partnership programs. So maybe talk a little bit about, you know, what you guys do that's in maybe a little unique in the partnership area. You know, our, our number one hallmark is defined by good service. It's easy to entice third parties to come to work with you and to sell on your behalf in the marketplace today. But a lot of people in our industry haven't always been the most reputable, haven't always paid uh, third parties, ISOs and agents on time and accurately. And we do that. We take care of our clients. We have, golly, I, I guess over 200 ISO partners. Our ISO business produces about 6,000 new deals a month for us. And through our direct services, we do another 2,500. So we're an active producer in the U.S. acquiring business. And across the globe, we do maybe 10,000 new accounts per month. Great. And I know you mentioned this already a little bit, the ISV area. That's obviously become a growing area with software companies wanting to get into the payment space and ISVs and marketplaces. So anything you want to talk about sort of in that space that you guys do? We have a variety of programs, Greg, that range from our standard offering to highly customized integrations for certain VARs in the, the rental, in the home fitness and gym businesses. We've specialized in certain verticals over the years and built a pretty robust operating system that handles everything from online boarding to automatic payment of residuals and a really unique, fully comprehensive servicing platform. Great. And OB, as you know, the payment space is incredibly competitive. What do you feel like differentiates PaySafe from your competitors? I think for us, it's size and scale. We are probably the largest independent ISO in the U.S. today, operating as an ISO. And I think we offer three things, Greg. You probably used to hear me say this when we worked together at First Data. We sell three things. We sell price, quality, and service. And the merchant or the partner can always have two of those, and we keep one. And so it's an easy way to rotate 
the offerings, the products, and the revenue that we expect to make. So if a merchant wants quality and service, then they pay out a higher price. If they want a discount offering and bare bones service, then they pay a lower price. So offering that variety to merchants and to partners enables them to build disparate revenue models, and we can service those in the unique fashions they each require. Great. Where do you see the payments industry headed in the next couple of years? I know things have changed since the the global crisis we're in, but let's hope things get back to normal or close to back to normal. But where would you see the payments industry headed in the next, say, two to three years? This is going to be a fun question for me to answer, because I think to answer this question, we almost have to delete from our memory the word payments, right? We will see, and we've already seen payments become invisible in the offerings today that are presented by a lot of our partners, by ISVs, by VARs, even by sophisticated ISOs and agents. So the continuation of the invisibility of payments into a continuation of highly specialized vertical players is the future. So I think we, especially all of us in the industry, and especially a lot of sales agencies in this business have to kind of redefine merchant services. We have to get better at selling multiple products that are interrelated, connected to each other, that offer value to small and large businesses. We used to hear this at our former employee, right? We just want to help small businesses stay in business longer. And if we help them stay in business longer, we stay in business longer. Right. Right. Makes total sense. Going back to the company a little bit to pay safe, you guys have had a few people, Patrick Turiano and Paulette Rowe, who have won some awards from the ETA and other organizations. And to me, that speaks of culture. So maybe you could talk about the culture there a little bit. It's like a family business to me. I look at it that way. We hire people that embody the same values we have, you know, which are trust, integrity, belief in people, support of your coworkers, taking care of everybody, and people drinking from the same cup, which is a, a military term I learned a long time ago. We all share in the goodness of the situation, and we share in the misery of not-so-good situations. And if we begin with our hiring profile and we bring people into a company that cares and that shows that care through a lot of leadership programs, educational programs, health and well-being situations, things like, you know, offices with fresh fruit and free sodas and things that make it comfortable for people to come to work and big break rooms that allow people to socialize while they're not at their desk. It's all part of this familial belief that Together, we're really more strong as a family than we are as individuals just working somewhere. Great. I think we'd also be a little remiss in this conversation if we didn't touch on what's going on in the world today. So what is PaySafe doing to help support your employees and customers during these challenging times? Well, we were prepared for the crisis. We've allowed, we've actually moved 3,000 employees out of our facilities, Greg, into a work-from-home environment. And along with this environment, we've learned a few lessons along the way. We've never done this. We've never operated call centers from 
people's homes. So we have people that work at their kitchen table sitting on a, a hard wooden chair for eight hours a day now. We have uh, families at home going through self-schooling. We've seen some issues with bandwidth. We've seen people working from home missing the social aspect of work. And so we've listened to our employees. We do a survey every week. We hear what they tell us about their working conditions right now. And we're helping them survive through this time. I've been running work from home sales forces since 1994. So I'm, I'm really used to this. But for someone who's worked in a call center environment or in a development environment in a structured office, this is new to them. So as managers, we've asked them to listen, to hear what our employees have to say, and to take that into account, be more lenient than we may be, and coach them through this conflux of different lifestyles and different work styles for our partners and our merchants. We're in some uncharted border, too. We've never seen you know, the risk like we're seeing right now. You think about it, if it flies or floats airplanes or cruise ships or river tours, that business is ground to a halt. And so a lot of these businesses are really struggling right now. So we've offered um, reduced processing rates. We've waived processing rates. We've offered other incentives to certain merchants or certain categories of merchants. And some of our merchants just have to leave us. They're going out of business. And so we've waived early termination fees. We've made it easy for them to depart and then offered them a carrot and an incentive if they if they come back. We want to do business with them again. And so I really believe that we're going to rebound. Everything has a beginning and an end, and we're going to come out of this crisis. So hopefully along the way, we'll, we will have left great impressions with our merchants and with our associates. Great. And, you know, thinking about this, you know, you start reading some of the things about what might come out of it for the payments industry. What are your thoughts on things like contactless? You think that might take off and cross-border payments, I think, have gone down, but will that rebound in a different way? So any thoughts on those or other sort of trends or things that might come out of this in a positive way? I think contactless payments will continue to grow. A lot of people who weren't afraid of germs are now. And so this may be, this pandemic may be, something that pushes people to change, right? For a lot of people, pulling the card out of their wallet to swipe it versus inserting it is just habit, muscle memory. And so now people are more concerned about germs, about the spreading of COVID-19. So I think contactless and, and TAP will be accepted more by consumers. But I think it'll push us again towards more um, alternative forms of payments, more invisible form of payments. The concept of Apple Pay and wallets are really powerful now. So we'll see a a lot of changes that are unforeseen, Greg. I don't know if I can predict the future, but I know it's going to change. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, let's pivot and talk about you a little bit. This will be a little more of the fun part of the show. You talked already a little bit about your journey to your role there. Maybe pick up from when you were at B of A. How did you get to your current role as the CEO of the Global Payments Processing Unit at Paysafe? So when I worked at the bank for Humacall, we were a very acquisitive bank. Interstate banking was just coming about. And as we were buying our first acquisition was in Florida. 
And then we bought a series of banks all over the Southeast for 10 heavy years. And we had a policy inside the bank that you had to go to grow. So every time I was asked to move, I just picked up, you know, packed up the toolbox, packed up the families, got in the moving van and went wherever the company needed me. Lived in, golly, I guess, eight towns in 18 years moving around for the bank. But with that, I picked up an incredible set of tools that, you know, have helped me in my entire career. I learned a lot about managing people, about running branches, about finance, about lending, credit cards. I even spent a year working out really bad loans in what we called euphemistically the special loans group in the company. And with that sort of journeyman set of tools, you know, I became more than a generalist. I became highly specialized in certain arenas, and I, I really enjoyed it. But the most valuable part of the job was learning how to be a change agent, learning how to move from new bank to new bank to new city to spread the uh, Bank of America culture, to bring people in line with the goals that the company had. And it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. It was tough moving a lot. But the educational experience, the career experience, and the life experience was unbelievable. And so from Bank of America, you went on to? Oh, golly. From Bank of America, I ran the joint venture with uh, First Data and the bank for a couple of years. And then from there, I went to the UK and built the Lloyds Bank joint venture and ran that for uh, First Data and Lloyds. And from there, I came back to the U.S. and joined a startup healthcare company. I kind of missed Atlanta and being on the road so much and, you know, living on another continent. And we took a small healthcare company public. We turned it into a dot-com and then eventually sold it. And from that company, I went to Hypercom. And at Hypercom, we were the second largest of terminal manufacturers in the world. and. During my period of time there, I lived in the UK again. I helped rebuild our distribution network in Europe and the rest of the globe. I ran our development teams. I ran our marketing and sales teams and support businesses. We actually even served uh, several hundred thousand terminals on the countertop in uh, Brazil. So a broad range of experience on every continent manufacturing plant in China, a really, really good experience. And from Hypercom, I came back to First Data. Right at the time, First Data was going public, and I ran the hardware business task. And during the next nine years, I had a variety of jobs at First Data. I helped negotiate the joint venture in Brazil. I ran the, the large account sales and support team for national and global retailers, and my last job there was running the third-party channel and creating the ISO business. And that's where you and I worked together back during that time. And when I left there, uh, when we had our public event, I went to iPayment, which was a troubled ISO partner of First Data, one that um, suffered from, from both reputational and financial issues. And we were able to build a path to turn our payment around. We went to Wall Street. We refinanced our bonds. We were a private company with public debt owned by uh, venture capitalists, but we were really owned by hedge funds, to be 
correct. And we created a company that had value. We took it from a negative net worth into a company of significant value. And then we sold the business to Paysafe. And here I am today. What a journey from the, the farm to Paysafe, right? Yeah. We had a, we always used to joke that we had opossums for yard dogs growing up. We were so poor. <laughs> That's great. Tell the audience something you're passionate about. Could be work related, it could be non work related, or maybe just one of each. Well, anybody that knows me knows that I'm passionate about work. And work has also been my hobby, which is um, unfortunate at times, but I really immerse myself in my role and I, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the social aspect of meeting our clients and meeting our customers and meeting people in the industry. There's always so much to learn and being open to these, this education and being willing to hear new things has been really important to me. But my real passion, my real hobby is collecting wine and I've been collecting wine for over 30 years and I have way too much of it. But it's a lot of fun, and I enjoy looking at it. I enjoy sharing wine, and I enjoy learning about new wines from around the world. Great. And you know this as well as I do. The payment space has been growing over the last several years. There was a time when I think everyone said they just sort of fell into payments, whereas now I think there's opportunities to actually start your career in payments and kind of see it as a future. What would your advice be to people coming out of college or very early in their career that want to be in payments? What kind of advice would you give them? Well, three out of all five children in this household work in the payment space all in different kinds of jobs. So it's kind of nice to watch your children follow what you do in business and want to have a successful career and, and a business that's been good for their family. But it's just like any job. You know, keep an open mind, adopt change. Don't become, you know, set in your ways and be flexible. The world is offering us so many opportunities. And what I've enjoyed watching is the creativity in the fintech space. Now, and Atlanta's a hotbed for growth in the fintech space. We've got a very active financial investment community in Atlanta, in Atlanta that helps um, fund a lot of venture and angel investments. And so have your eyes open. Don't have a traditional mindset and explore. You know, there's very few things that we do wrong in this world that we can't correct. So take a path sometimes that's uncharted. Try it if it doesn't work. You can go back, find a new job, and grow. But be bold, be adventuresome, and embrace embrace the business, embrace your life, and don't fear it. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Well, B, we're about to wrap up. Any final thoughts for the audience today? We're in a fun space. I've been doing this for 40 years, and it's provided a good living, a lot of friends, riches way beyond financial success. So work hard, enjoy what you do, and be good at what you do. Thanks, Greg, for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much. I know your time's very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here. I've enjoyed it. Great, great, great catching up. And all you listeners out there, thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well.